Hi there, Nicholas Walton here. This is a slightly different podcast which I'm putting out on World Ocean Day. It was originally done for WRI's Ocean Team, which hosts the Secretariat for the High Level Panel for a Sustainable Ocean Economy, and it's a short interview with the CEO of the Global Environment Facility. It was fascinating. It was about surfing, sharks, and the health of the ocean. If you're interested in more, go and check out the Ocean pages on WRI.org or go to oceanpanel.org. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this podcast from the High Level Panel for a Sustainable Ocean Economy. And today we're hearing from Carlos Manuel Rodriguez, the head of the Global Environment Facility, about his work and why he sees the ocean as critical to every environmental challenge, including fixing the climate. The ocean is the biggest upsetting machine that we have of carbon. Without the ocean, our civilization will have collapsed long ago. And also what a life spent surfing has taught him about the health of the ocean. Back in 79, you know, surfing here, there was an issue with sharks. Today, that is not an issue because all the sharks have been fished out of the ocean. Hello, I'm Nicholas Walton, and this is a podcast from the Ocean Panel, which involves 14 world leaders working to create a sustainable ocean economy. In this episode, we're hearing from the CEO of the GEF. I spoke to Carlos Manuel Rodriguez from Costa Rica, where he's been combining his environmental work with enjoying the national parks and coastlines of that beautiful country. In particular, that means surfing. He's done it for decades, observed real changes in what he sees in the waves. And when I spoke to him, he literally only just stepped off his surfboard. You know, I've been surfing for 40, 42, 43 years. And uh, before the pandemic, things were very different to what uh, we're dealing today because uh, nowadays you, you work remotely. I didn't realize that that was going to give me the opportunity during the pandemic to work from national parks, which are close uh, to very famous uh, surf breaks in Costa Rica. And there are a couple of places where the waves are, are beautiful, pristine. you got uh, pristine breaks uh, right next to the rainforest. So I'm really thrilled that uh, I'm being able to capitalize on, on that investment that we did on Wi-Fi in national parks. And this morning, we had a huge uh, groundswell that is coming from Antarctica, and uh, we got uh, 10 to 12 uh, foot faces wave in a way that is very famous in Costa Rica. It's called Pavones. It's a point break. It breaks for almost a mile long, so we are really, really happy that the swell is here, that I was able to serve a lot of very good waves at the same time that we are fulfilling our working responsibilities. It must be quite an extraordinary place to be able to experience work remotely. But what has being in Costa Rica taught you about the importance of the ocean to a strong and sustainable economy? Well, let me first uh, share something that uh, I felt these days here in Pavones, where I'm, you know, working this week and surfing. The first time I came here, I was 19 years old. It took me three days to get here. Today takes me, you know, six hours. In 1979... The ocean was very different. Even though the ocean here continues to be clean and beautiful, there are two things that has changed a lot. Back in 79, you know, surfing here, there was an issue with sharks. We surfed in the rear mouth. There were sharks, bull sharks particularly. That was an issue. Today, that is not an issue because all the sharks have been fished out of the ocean. I haven't seen a shark surfing in, I would say, more than a decade. And the second point I want to bring to your attention is that in 79, when I began surfing over this break, 
the term microplastic uh, didn't exist. Today, microplastic, you know, you read about it on a daily basis, and it was really sad to be surfing in this pristine site and see so many debris of uh, plastic all over the place coming from the ocean. It makes me feel more committed to the work that we do, but those are things that change. Of, of course, there's a third element here, Nicolas, 42 years of surfing, same ways, the road from work to home or home to work, you, you know, the route, you know, the holes in the street, you know, all the turns and bumps. It's the same thing with the waves, you know, where the rocks are, you know, where the barrels are and the soft sections and everything. Climate change has changed the personality of the wave, has the form of the wave. I have seen in these 40 years uh, the impact of climate change in the coast. The highest tide that I saw in the 70s in, in 80s is a regular tide today. So there's an impact. I see an impact uh, of climate change uh, through my surfing experience. I see the same challenge in many other countries. We have been able in Costa Rica to generate a social contract, like a pact, an agreement, where we've been able to agree where to build our cities, where to produce our food, where to generate our energy, and where to protect biodiversity in a very small country with 5 million people. I, I, I see this as a social environmental contract. We all agree on this. Nobody dares to present an idea to change the limit or boundaries of a national park. But when we see the ocean with the Costa Ricans and probably in many other countries, the same thing, there is no social agreement on how to manage uh, sustainably the resources. Because the ocean is out there, the ocean has been an area for free access, for management and exploitation, and the management has been very different to what we do now. In the ocean, we are humans, we are like hunters and gatherers. We used to be on the land, hunters and gatherers, um, you know, 15,000 years ago. We have the same behavior as we did in the land on the ocean nowadays. And, and this is something that needs to, to change very quickly because as I said uh, to you as a surfer, I don't see sharks anymore. And that is a bad sign. If you don't have sharks in an ecosystem, the ecosystem is broken. And this is something that we need to deal with uh, very quickly in the next decade. But the, the ocean is not just the victim of human activity. It's also potentially a, a massive opportunity for, for countries when they're, they're dealing with not just their economy as usual, but their economy as they try and recover from the disruption of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, yes. And, and, and let me add something else. Um, you know, 90% of the CO2 that is somewhere there in the atmosphere is being upset. The ocean is the biggest um, upsetting machine that we have uh, of carbon. Without the ocean, we will probably, our civilization will have collapsed uh, long ago. It gives us a very valuable service. Uh, nevertheless, we don't use it in a cost-effective manner in our effort uh, to mitigate climate change and even to adapt to climate change. We can do great in doing the technological transition in the energy sector and the transportation sector, that if we don't use uh, forests, on one side and oceans on the other side to offset that carbon that is up there generating a big threat to us, we will never achieve the climate targets. So oceans are extremely important in this context. 
we know that a healthy ocean is critical for everything from food to the climate, but what, what are the biggest challenges that you see from your position in actually bringing about a, a true blue economy, not just in, in Costa Rica, but around the whole world? Well, I think that there are four things that we need to work uh, immediately. One is the management of large marine ecosystems. You know, and this is an area that the GF has been supporting through the last many decades, the good sound management of uh, seascapes, which are these large marine ecosystems, is a huge need. Migratory species uh, thrive in these large marine ecosystems. And the challenge is, how do we work with many different countries that share these very important seascapes? The second topic that is extremely important is working on on marine habitats and dealing with the unsustainability of the earth healthiness. Healthy marine ecosystems are really important for the overall benefits of oceans, but most importantly to humans' well-being, particularly those uh, coastal habitats, uh, small-scale fishermen. So working in restoring protected coastal marine habitats and here, you know, seagrasses and coral reefs are important. The third element is uh, marine pollution, the threat uh, from toxic uh, substances and nutrient pollution to coastal zone has historically been one of the priorities that uh, we've been working with. Nowadays, you know, solid waste, uh, particularly with plastic and, and land-based pollution, has become one of the biggest threats to marine ecosystems and one of the biggest threats to local economies, coastal economies that depends on, on a healthy ecosystem, a healthy marine ecosystem. Third area is working on, on fisheries. We all know that sound management of the fisheries is key. We have lost 90% of the big predators of the planet. So we need to really you know, move from this irrational, large-scale industrial fishing into a more sustainable one, one that not only is sustainable from the biological point of view, but in a model whereby the economic benefits uh, can be shared much better than what we have uh, nowadays. If we see some fisheries, particularly in, in the high seas, uh, they cannot operate without country subsidies. So this is an issue that we need to address immediately. And yes, of course, the areas uh, beyond national jurisdiction. In these areas which are the high seas, we need to really begin understanding that we need to change the legal and political systems on how we perceive and explode the areas beyond national jurisdiction. There are very interesting, positive, ongoing negotiations on how we can protect biodiversity in areas beyond national jurisdictions, and the GF will play a big role in supporting countries to do a sound management. So these are the areas that we need to continue working in, but most importantly, be able to upscale the very positive things that we've been doing, uh, Nicholas, in a very limited manner. And it's very similar to what we are being confronted with landscapes and forest conservation. How do we go on the very positive pilots and uh, small scale projects to the landscape level? One final, very quick question, and that is that you've just stepped off your surfboard, you said, half an hour before we started talking. Uh, what was your first ever memory of the of the sea? What was it that, well, not necessarily your first ever, but what was it that got you hooked on the ocean? That's a very good question, Nicholas. I, I fear the sea. 
I come from a coffee farming family living in the hills uh, and highlands of Costa Rica. My first uh, impressions uh, with the ocean was that, that fear, fear of the animal, fear of the force of the ocean. But that then became, you know, the hook whereby I've been, you know, in love with the ocean and the marine resources ever since. So that first impression was of fear, definitely. That was Carlos Manuel Rodriguez of the Global Environment Facility speaking about surfing, the value and beauty of the ocean and how it can be the key to a sustainable recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. The 14 world leaders on the ocean panel are working hard to bring about a sustainable ocean economy where effective protection, sustainable production and equitable prosperity go hand in hand. In December 2020, these 14 leaders released a new Ocean Action Agenda, which is underpinned by a commitment to sustainably manage 100% of their national waters and support a global target to protect 30% of the ocean. You can find out more at oceanpanel.org. I'm Nicholas Walton. Thanks for listening.